Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. My girlfriend's a lawyer, and so all the time, I mean, foreplay for us is like, I once, I had to, I did a gig, and they hadn't given me a contract, right? And it was like a three-month job, and she's like, you really need a contract? I was like, okay, like, I'll get this happen. They seem like cool people. It's just one of those things where, like, understaffed, and they're like, we'll get you the contract. They gave me the contract, and so I was like, can I get a physical copy of it? And they're like, sure, no problem. And they print it for me, and the next morning in bed, I wake us up. I was like, hey, I have something for us. <laughs> And I pulled out this contract, and she's like, what is it? I was like, just open it and take a look. <laughs> and she starts, it's like five pages. She's like, can I read it now? I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> That's amazing. And we definitely had sex after. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I know it's amazing how the mind of a person works. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, whoa. And then, oh, okay, they put the wrong year. I'm like, fix it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to initial as I go on initial. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ducking out, you're ducking out. Let's duck out together. See what it's all about. Ducking out, ducking out, ducking out, ducking out. Hi, and welcome to Diking Out, a podcast powered by the energy generated during the Women's March. I'm Carolyn Bergier. And I'm Sarah York. And today we'll be diking out about performative masculinity with queer comedian Lorena Rusi. Welcome, Lorena. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me, guys. So glad you came out here <laughs> the Diking Out podcast studios. Uh, Lorena worked at The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, and she writes hilarious digital content for Queso and Spotify. Uh, can you tell us more about Queso, both the cheese and the comedy <laughs> I know nothing platform. about cheese, unfortunately. Oh. Uh, makes me bloated. Had oh, some okay. this morning. Didn't have eggs. <laughs> uh, if that's not a start to a podcast, yeah. I don't know what. <laughs> yeah, that's can- actually how we start this podcast. We say our yeah. breakfast. Yeah, oh, and then we our breakfast, how yeah. it made us feel. Yeah, yeah. and, and then you fart into the <laughs> mic. Yeah. Uh, what did you say before? Men charge, deduct their farts on taxes? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Deduct, men deduct their farts in taxes yeah, because yeah. they just do whatever. Because they just deduct whatever the fuck they want. And we're over Perfect. here like yeah. hand-wringing over yeah. if we can deduct something that is clearly a work expense. Right, yeah. Ugh. I hate being a woman. Yeah, it's the worst. So what is Queso? Okay, Queso <laughs> is a comedy channel that I started with Anita Flores. Yeah, I started it the day that on November eighth, twenty sixteen, um, and that was the same day Anita was let go of her job. So she had was having a really shitty day, and she was like, "I just want to make content." Uh, and I was working at the Late Show, and I was like, "Anita, I'm I'm really busy. I can't do this." And she was just like, "We are making stuff. We're doing it." And basically, she held me by my little tiny hand and dragged me along <laughs> and we've like inevitably just have made a bunch of uh digital sketches the mission being promoting marginalized voices so just basically not including straight white men unless mm-hmm. they are the butt of the joke frankly um which is also my like life mission <laughs> no it's <laughs> in so many ways well literally, it's, been, yeah. it's been really refreshing because it's also like there's too much good talent like at this point now like my sister wanted me to watch um 
in the shadows or what's behind the shadows, the Flight of the Concords film mm. with the vampires. No. Oh God, I'm sorry. It's what what goes on in the shadows, something like that. It's super popular. You should watch it. It's very funny. But I saw the trailer for it and it looked like a bunch of straight uh, cis white men, right? And for me, I told her, I don't want to watch it because I'm trying to be really careful of how I consume media because it doesn't seem like they needed those types of bodies to be in that space. It just means that those were the resources available to them. And these are people like Fight of the Concords, they have such a huge outreach. They must know so many talented people. For them to be like, I just want a bunch of white men in the space doing comedy with me isn't radical enough to me and it's also like in the climate we're in there's just too much good talent yeah. So, yeah. so even me and Anita one time we cast we accidentally cast like five white passing Latinas and we're like what the fuck did we just do right so we were like hey we have to recast people because we were like we have to be really intentional with everything we're doing. Like, what is the point of this? And it was like, we were doing, it was what goes on in women's bathrooms. Mm -hmm. And we were like, oh, those were just like people that we knew that I was like, oh, I've been meaning to work with this person or this person. And we're like, no, like let's, we know a lot of funny women. We can make this really versatile. And then we had this other thing like we wanted to do a queer interracial relationship and it didn't work out because one of the guys couldn't come in. But she was like, what if we just make it a straight uh, relationship? And I was like, that's not, that's not like what I wrote and that's not what I want. So we're not going to do it. Mm -hmm. So it's been really uh, like cathartic. Like Anita and I have had a lot of like deep, like what are we trying to do with our work? What do we want to make? And it's been really fun to see what fails and what succeeds. Like I've gotten a lot of gigs from, I made a video on how to pronounce my name correctly because mm-hmm. a lot of people say my name wrong. Uh, it's those people a, are assholes. Yeah, those people, <laughs> I don't, burger. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's because it's like an ethnic, oh, my watch just fell off. That was weird. <laughs> All right, buddy. You I've never get seen a watch here? just fully, completely fall off like that. Listen, I have no ties <laughs> to material things. <laughs> um, but yeah, people can't pronounce my name. So I get Lorena, Lorena, and mm-hmm. I was trying to introduce myself as Lorena for a really long time. And so my closest friends pronounce my name Lorena. Um, but oh, it was like way too much to ask for people. So yeah. it got really confusing. And so at other jobs, at whatever, it was just a nightmare. So I made this video and I literally now, whenever I go to meetings and stuff, people, if they Google me, that's like one of the first things they see. And they're like, oh, I've been practicing your name. That's smart. Yeah. Uh, it was I'm- an accident though. We just made it and I was like whoa this has gotten me random gigs and I don't know yeah I spell my name out phonetically on my website right oh, under smart. my name yeah. and also on my resume yeah. yeah and also when I go to open mics and you have to write your name down on a sheet of paper I'm yeah. like I'm just gonna spell it out phonetically which confuses men a lot yeah right. they're like bear g a uh, when you can now hear put it the all wheels together. slowly spinning. Put it all in their together. Heads. Yeah. Good thing they practice. Lesbian. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but also at open mics all the time. They're like, and yeah. now Lorena. And I'm like, oh, man. Uh, and yeah. then my first five minutes are me insulting the host. And I'm like, oh, this is <laughs> not going well. Yeah. <laughs> So they that's, say that's how you should start most mics. It's just insulting yeah. the person that got you there. Uh-huh. They're like, let's all thank your host, Mister Asshole. <laughs> I just turned into Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. <laughs> Great film, by the way. 
Magoo. It is a good. I know it's every so single good. word of that I, movie. I rewatched it recently because I was sick. Yeah. And oh my god. I just explained to my girlfriend that my one of my celebrity crushes is Mara Tierney, and she was like, "Oh, yeah, we I saw see that." Because like, on I think on Hulu, uh, ER is on now, so they were mm-hmm. playing yeah. like a yeah. trailer for it, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Oh my god, Mara Tierney, I love her." And she was like, "Who?" Because it was just a quick glimpse of her, and I was like, "You know the uh, the ex wife in Liar Liar." Like that's that's her to me. That's like one of her best roles. Oh, she's so hot. Oh she's my god, so hot. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, Still totally. such a babe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's like what I wanted Jennifer Aniston to be. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, like I never liked. Well, I'm sorry, Jennifer, if you're listening. <laughs> but she is. Uh, she yeah. th- takes off she her head. She seeks out queer podcasts. <laughs> she writes in every week. Yeah. I could see her in like a lot on LA taking off her headphones. Yeah. Jennifer, is everything okay? <laughs> no, it's not okay. <laughs> No, I, lesbians <laughs> just aren't that into you, Jennifer. Get over it. Yeah. Okay. Or just well, it's actually funny. Uh, I finally watched the uh, Thanksgiving episode of Master of None. Yep. Um, oh, only good because for you. of Lena Wayne. Yeah. 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 Like I want to finally see this, and uh, the the least believable thing was that she had posters of Jennifer Aniston. I'm like, come oh, I on. Forgot about that. Come on, why are you staring at Jennifer? Uh, I totally forgot about that part of that, yeah. that episode. No, I didn't, yeah, I didn't look that closely at that. Yeah. I when guess I, I was like, just reveling in the lesbianism, but I oh guess that wasn't enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, wow, Angela Bassett is literally getting better looking with time. Yes. Oh like, my gosh. She <laughs> is getting hotter as we speak. Right. As the episode progresses. Yeah. Like, yeah. whoa, she, she ate, I know she aged in this. <laughs> At least a few days. <laughs> yeah. And she's getting not hours, better looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's a great episode. It it cool. is. I think because I've I stopped after after watching that much. I, I was never that into Master of None and Yeah, I didn't like it. Um yeah. I, I liked it. I mean I uh, I think I don't a lot know. of the acting I also like is Grace bad. and Frankie, yeah. so <laughs> Well <laughs> I'm partial to a to like Netflix original series yeah, comedies yeah, yeah. that I can just consume in half hour bits. Yeah. I don't know. I always felt like a lot of it is written as like Aziz had a funny conversation with his friends and he's yes. like, this will be funny material yeah. for people right. on TV. And it's like, no, maybe you should have just kept that between friends. Yeah. Like that's yeah. actually not great storytelling or, or great dialogue. But there mm-hmm. are some some episodes, um, you know, the ones with his parents and yeah. they talk about things like yeah. immigrant parents and things like that, that, that are interesting and good because we don't have enough of that kind of content so right. it kind of fulfills that and you're like oh this is great finally yeah um, yeah that's how I describe it to yeah people. yeah it's like you I was starving for content that was like this that even though it's not great in terms of acting it's so nice to have it like yeah. mm-hmm. Thanksgiving I mean that episode deserved to win everything at one yeah. and then yeah. the New York I love you episode was Great. You know, everything with the Z's, I just don't like watching unlikable characters. So, like, I don't love, like, I loved like two seasons of It's Always Sunny, but I can't watch that. So, Dev to me is like a, but what? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't get into him. <laughs> and also, like, the whole, like, beautiful woman being in love with him. Like, I didn't right. buy this Italian woman. Like, people yeah. were like, but she was oh, from a small time. village. I bought the I girl like, in season one, but season two, I was like, yeah, you totally. lost Se- me. This woman, right. there's no way. There's oh, a Deb, season there's one, no I didn't even, I was like, I mean, no. yeah, that one, that, even that was a little, was a bit of a stretch. But right. Well, season but like, two, they have, though, like, you should see, I mean, have you, but they're oh from God. similar worlds, yeah. if that makes sense. Like, she was, like, from such a different, I don't know. And then 
whatever. But like to me, I can't watch bad actors just having like a gay old time on screen. And then, and the parents are great, but if the parents are the only bad actors, it's fine because that's lovable. They're endearing and they're genuine. They're not actors. Right, right. Like they're there because we love our son and that's why we're here. Like I put my parents and stuff all the time because they're good enough actors that it's like believable and people are like, oh my God, those are your parents and it's Mm -hmm. fun for people to watch that. But otherwise, I just can't stand. I, I I truly think it's so successful because people were starving for content like this, and it's yeah. the only show that was really like aside from like Atlanta or whatever. But like that was actually putting out content in this sort of real way. Mm-hmm. And then now it's just sad because Aziz. Yeah, but you know, Lena Waithe is definitely like if anything, the show has given us Lena Waithe, which is cool in yeah. a way. Yeah. Like I know right. she was doing things before, but but mm. this has been like her big springboard, right? Um, I forgot if I talked about this on the podcast last time, oh. but maybe I didn't. But double dip. We <laughs> <laughs> we I went to a screening of The Shy, and Lena Waithe gave like a talk oh, after cool. the episode after yeah. it, like on stage. It was really cool. What? Yeah, it was amazing. It was honestly one of the most. You know oh, when you like, I think I heard you telling. Yeah, I have like a week. full uh, sorry, screen in my like notes on my phone. Like a whole screen is taken up by things she that said. she said that I was furiously Whoa. typing yeah. down mm. because it was just so perfect. Mm-hmm. She's just like I've never seen anyone so unapologetically like, like she's just like a butch dikey woman who's right. like yeah. never going to change that. And her originally she prefers her prefers the term soft stud. Oh yeah, okay. Well, she yeah. <laughs> She, did she not say that in not, her presentation? <laughs> she did not. She, <laughs> I, I listened to her on Fresh Air with the. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah, she's. Um, oh my god! But they wrote. Did you? But I, what I didn't know about Master of None is that originally mm. her character was written as a straight woman who oh. becomes a love interest of Dev. She's oh. like in because it's like the three friends. It's Alan Yang, that Alan Yang's character, never. Dev, and then her. But yeah, but then Aziz. And sorry, evidently asked the casting director to find him. He's like, I don't want, he's like, don't find me actors, just find me interesting people to meet for mm-hmm. this show when they were writing it. She found through something that Lena Waithe had done, I forgot what it was, but mm-hmm. she knew the casting director. Casting director brought her in to basically just hang out with Aziz for a little while, and they liked her so much that they scrapped that oh, entire character line. and rewrote mm-hmm. the character as this, like, this lesbian best friend mm-hmm. of Dev. So, like, that, that's just like, so she, her just being herself was literally just got her, got them to write this role oh for her, which God. is like such a testament to how awesome she is. Yeah. Right. Also to the climate that we're in now, which yeah. is like constantly, like whenever I go into castings or whatever, do you guys audition for stuff? No. 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 Never Good in my life. You. Good for you. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I, I want, I mean, I, <laughs> no, it's the worst. I would like I to, but I, I know it's a nightmare. No, it's just kind of like, do I go in? Well, comedy stuff is more, I think, relaxing for me because I just go in and I'm like, I'll either get it or I won't because mm. if you're anything but yourself, they can tell. Yeah. And I'm either usually like too weird or too quirky or perfect, which is great. <laughs> but normally it's like me with the hetero, like pretty hetero girls. And I'm yeah. like, I'll just be as funny as I can be and whatever. But like that's like kind of how I got through high school. Yeah, no, but I'm it, surrounded by pretty hetero girls, so I better totally. be funny because yeah, uh, I have nothing else going for me right now. How'd you get into comedy? <laughs> Self defense. Yeah, <laughs> no, totally. People yeah. were like, "Why did you get into comedy?" I'm like I had no other option. There's no other. Yeah, yeah is this thing on. Do? Yeah, <laughs> no. To- I mean, whatever. Yeah, but so like hearing that is so nice because you're just like, oh, that's all I can keep doing because every time I try to pass for the hetero, it's like. 
Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? I mean, I whatever. I can act and do that and all, whatever. But it's like the parts I'm most interested in aren't like I'm not trying to be cast as that typical mom because it's just not like it's not going to be me, you know. Yeah. And like I used to have the neo Nazi haircut. I called it like I had the buzz. <laughs> ah. Similar to you. Yeah. I have, I, when I when I get a haircut, my girlfriend reminds me to not look like Richard Spencer after yeah. after yeah, I'm yeah, done. Yeah. So I, I'm trying to go like a little bit longer now than it yeah, used to be. I but feel yeah. like half the gay men I know look like neo Nazis. Yeah, because right. that. Yeah, I mean, oh, it, they, they've been doing in. it for for it's a while. Yeah, because they... that like World War II like Hitler Youth haircut is back yes. in, and now. All the guys have it. Some would say in a dangerous way. (laughs) It used to be cute and fun, but now it's like, ooh, what? Yeah. 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 But no, but I grew it out because it's also like, well, it makes me feel more Latina and I'm Mm -hmm. just like, whatever, like random homeless men talk to me in Spanish. So I feel like it's working. Whereas before it, you know, wasn't happening. Um, (laughs) But like now that I have longer hair, I'm like, oh, I can maybe pass more for straight. And it's like this constant battle of. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And hearing this, it's just oh yeah, just be yourself. Like, yeah, keep doing that. That was like what I what I took from that and mm-hmm. her experience with Master of None. And I was like, if anything, I can still like that show because of of her and like right of them putting some real truly like unapologetically masculine leaning woman mm-hmm. who will never play anything else but herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And that's good. And right. that's fine. And she's getting she's going to be in the new Steven Spielberg movie, the Ready Player One. It's like this multi-million dollar blockbuster movie. Son she's, of a bitch. She just That's did, amazing. She she's taking it, all she our parts. Yeah. She's taking all she, our parts. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm taking away from this. Exactly. <laughs> no, there's a, there's like all these quotes about uh, just being like, don't be jealous about someone else. Be excited that these yeah. roles even exist now. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of that weird, like whatever niche of the comedy world you fit in, whether it's like queer woman, woman, like woman of color. Uh-oh. I know. I you dropped gonna the get cap. It? You're going to get it? Nope. I'm not going to get it. Okay. It's gone. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this Pellegrino hey. is uncapped. Oh, God. Good for you, yeah, Pellegrino. Also, I think I should pay a nickel every time I say good for you. I'm trying to get away from Shabbat Shalom, which I think, yeah, I'm not Jewish, and I say it all the time because my second mom oh, okay. is a Jew. Second mom and that she's my mom's best friend. So I say Shabbat Shalom. Oh, Shabbat. I yeah. thought you meant like In a mind, I was situation. trying to figure out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Is she, yeah. parents were... Yeah. yeah, no. It's a weird family dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pregnant, have I told you? <laughs> um, yeah. What was I saying? Uh, yeah, so it's just like, don't be jealous, be excited that there's yeah. things out there that exist for you. Uh, was the shy good? The shy was very good. It oh. is like... It's beautifully shot, first mm. of all. Yeah. Um, the characters are... are like the characters were so well fleshed out in that first episode, mm-hmm. almost like unlike anything I've ever seen. Like it was, it's a drama. I mean, it's a, there were elements where you laugh, but it is like it's it it delves directly in, and very quickly into the the subject of you know life in the South Side of Chicago for mm-hmm. these black people and black kids and like how it takes place in the present. Yes, okay. yeah, it takes place now, and it's um, yeah, it's just a really interesting and in the way they sort of weave how each character's life intersects with other characters and how they're all, you know, connected to each other. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. It's a it's a great show. Um, it's on Showtime, Ooh. and I don't have that, so I'm like, mm. Mm, I, I'm gonna have to pay for a subscription. I think to get no that. share, just share out, with people, yeah. yeah, and then deduct it. Yeah, exactly. It's deductible. There we go. Because it's research. Um, but it's good. But she she said one thing about writing characters that I that I really took from that, and I want to apply that into writing gay characters because, mm. as we know, gay characters don't often get totally fleshed out at all. What do you um, mean? What do you mean? And <laughs> she said, "I want to paint 
black people with the smallest, tiniest possible brush. Mm. And so she wants to like dive into these like rich details of what makes her character so beautiful and so special and so deep and everything. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is what, that's what characters need to be. Mm -hmm. And they so often aren't depending on what kind of like show you're looking but at. But wait, I thought all black people were sassy best friends yeah, yeah, or exactly. drug dealers. Oh yeah, boy. Like that's, that's what uh, oh boy. she was like, well, that's all that, you know, that's all we have is like, <laughs> they think that, Oh, it's a show about the South side of Chicago. It's all about violence and murder and all this shit. But it's, it's about these like richly detailed characters lives. And it's, it was just the coolest. Yeah. That's yeah. really exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. I would highly recommend it. No, I, I'm going to check it out. And, and after listening to her, her interview on fresh air, uh, oh, they're yeah. going to say, and after listening to this podcast, I definitely <laughs> want to listen to it. No, uh, yeah. She, I mean, the, the focus was talking about the, the show and it's just amazing that they're giving people, Space to yeah. tell these and uh, money to right. yeah. to tell these People stories. Who aren't white men, which right. because sounds for, like a trope at well, this point, but it's true. But, but for so long, they thought that none of these things had an audience. I'm like, how how would you know? How would yeah. you know right. that it doesn't have an audience because you keep putting out the same sure crap? Yeah. What's yeah. <laughs> well, also about like what does diversity mean? Like even right. in workspaces, and people are like. Okay, like I had a job where someone was like, I'm really excited we hired someone part-time, but she's a queer woman, and it's nice to have like that kind of diversity in the office. And this was like the senior supervisor was like, wait, is that diversity? Like, should we be looking for that? It's like, Wow. Yeah, yeah, you want... And the like the person literally responded, you want a little bit of everything to make it diverse, right? So like even that new teacher show, have you guys seen that, that like poster board? Uh, is it AP Bio? No, I don't is know. Is it the one with Patton Oswalt in it? No, no, no. It it's different... like all these women. It's oh, a, it's, okay. No, it's I... basically like all these white women superheroes. And I just was like, I mean, it's great. I support women, but it's like, it's like five different white women. I yeah. don't like. That's what? not. I don't know. It's but people are like. It, I feel like they're getting the message in weird and mixed ways, right? Where it's just like, no, that's great and that's exciting, but like. I want a little bit of everything, right? Like yeah. that's what makes shows exciting. And granted, maybe that's not the story, but like. I don't know. I don't feel like they cast these people because it fit the story better. It was just like, what are the people that we know and what do we like and what's it quote unquote exciting but also safe? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Uh, our our topic for today is performative masculinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot to cover there. Mm-hmm. Is there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so there are two ways to look at it, uh, just in terms of men feeling that they have to perform in a certain way to be men, and that um, mm-hmm. masculinity is this thing that comes hand in hand with being um, a man. We we've talked about on the show before too, masculine privilege mm-hmm. and uh, how male privilege can kind of extend to lesbians who perform. Mm-hmm. Um, to be more more masculine, mm-hmm. and that I think in different parts of our lives we we decide that you know or not even sometimes it's not even a conscious thing. I mean, I know I find myself like if if I'm in a job and I'm in a room with all men, um, I will act differently to to fit in or to earn their respect mm-hmm. than I will in an office yeah. that, that's full of women. So right. I don't know where do we start? Where do we start with? This? Yeah, I mean, I, I I've talked before about how. The, the privilege I benefit from is masculine privilege in that I, first of all, at first glance, come off as a guy to a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. I get a lot of, like, sir at Starbucks and things like that. Right. I also benefit in a way that I'm not 
I'm very rarely, I shouldn't say I'm not, but I'm very, very, very rarely the, the recipient of like any cat calling on the streets or Mm -hmm. any questions at all from Uber drivers, which I consider to be the one main benefit of it that I can just get into a, Mm -hmm. I can get into an Uber and I just don't, they don't talk to me, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but my girlfriend on the other hand gets just endless Mm -hmm. bizarre commentary. Is she Femi? Yes, Uh very much so. And, and just like, I don't know. So I, I, I think that like talking about masculinity in terms of performance is, I don't feel like I'm performing in any way. I just feel like I feel more comfortable, you know, I wear men's clothing and I'm tall and I have short hair, but like, like the performative aspect of it, I think is interesting to observe in men mostly. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's a definite privilege in the, in the way that I am able to get through the world in a way different sure. you know, than be, because I come off as more of a masculine presence. Yeah. I mean, I would disagree only to the extent that I think everybody's performing all the time. Like yeah. I had a teacher cause I, my senior thesis was brace yourselves. <laughs> it was the radical potential of improv comedy in New York city. And I was like, so I was like, I just really wanted to do a lot of research about it. And I kind of needed an excuse. And if I didn't have deadlines and shit, and this is my mentor. She was really radical. She was teaching like um, media communications, whatever. Hashtag Queens College. Go Knights. (laughs) Um, And I remember like our first or second session, she was like, well, why do you think you dress the way you do? And I was like, oh, I don't know, right? And she's like, don't you think we're all performing? Like, the way I dress is, I know I'm being ironic. She was just, like, feminine, professor, very, mm-hmm. like, conservative. But she was like, it's all a performance. So, like, the reason why you're dressed the way you are is because you learned it, right? Whether it was True, yeah. from people that you've seen or books you've read or media, you're performing in this way because it suits you, right? Yeah. But so everyone, to a certain extent, and that's also why, like, seeing people transition or seeing people sort of change and how they present is really interesting because it's the way they're performing no longer suits them, right? And it's Mm -hmm. because they're unlearning or they're relearning certain things. So like even seeing, I mean, the whole thing about me playing soccer, like abroad, everyone was queer that played soccer, right? So so you played soccer professionally. Yes, it's a whole thing. I Okay, so I played in school and then I was supposed to play in Rome And then the week before I started training, or I was like training all summer, I was living in Italy, uh, teaching theater. Mm -hmm. And then the week before, like very Italian style, they were like, hey, like, you know, uh, we lost sponsors and (laughs) we can't afford the internationals anymore. So apparently all the internationals got cut because we're more expensive because visas, whatever. And I was like, "Uh, guys, I'm going to Rome. Like that was my plan. And they're like, "Mm, nobody's going to be there for you. And I was like, fuck right and I'm not a lot like I can't be there for more than three months so I come back and then I have a trial with the Colombian national team and I'm like okay great we're gonna go to the world cup it's all my dad was like in Colombia and he was just like you'll definitely make the team maybe politically you won't play but like you'll make the top 18 Mm -hmm. that gets suited and he's very like again like not like very humble he barely will give me um feedback on my games let's say (laughs) but uh he was very confident about it I was like okay great you know so I started training and then I got pneumonia the month like of the trials and so I couldn't go no so I technically 
I did like would have, but so I say that it's like do. when I got my first period during basketball tryouts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. who knows what yeah. would have been? I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it would have been a totally different life, right? Like my comedy career, I would say like started basically three years late because I was traveling and playing abroad and doing all that stuff. But like if I'd played soccer for another year, I mean, it's not, you can start comedy whenever, but it's interesting seeing people that were interning at SNL and they started the whole thing like at 21. And I was like, I didn't really start it until I was like 26, like like full time or, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So who knows? Who knows, guys? Mm Mm-hmm. Would have been a pro, but the women, like seeing the women performing their masculinity, was so interesting. Like, yeah, tell us more. Okay, well, (laughs) well, everyone has. Well, so like here, (laughs) I mean it. I I was saying it very sincerely, but it sounded not sincere. Yeah, this is fascinating for me. No, it's great. It's well, I'm trying to write this thing. Whatever, it's a whole thing. But like, um, like the women, women in America that play soccer are predominantly straight white. Um, or just whatever, heteros, let's say, um, wealthy, uh, in order to, you need to be able to afford the camps. Mm-hmm. It's rare. Like if you are not as wealthy, you have to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. Like I had some friends that were not as wealthy, but they were the best ones out there. Like played pro, have been playing pro their whole lives. Um, then when I went abroad and I was playing in Madrid and I was playing in Italy, it was just like a total, like if you were a hetero, you got bullied. Like it was so random. Um, And everyone had shaved hair. Like I, like we all looked like Neymars and Messi's. And it was really interesting to see that that's where they were learning how to perform. They look, we all looked like the 14 year old boys in America, that that's who they were looking up to, to be these athletes. Like we were doing the same thing. And I was talking about it with a coach and I was just like, why do you think that is? And she was just like, well, that's who, that's the only accessible role models they have. Like in America, we have the women's team and the women's team is the total antithesis to every other team, which is like wealthy white girls, Mm -hmm. excuse me, women. Sorry. We got to stop saying girls. It's just, it's hard. Yeah. Social conditioning. Um, But yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it was just like, it's just so funny. It's just, I just think it's funny because it's like all these butchy women like trying to be cool and butchy and I'm like, you're kind of, you look funny to me. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, I never really thought about that before, but I remember when I used to watch my ex-wife play basketball in this, oh yeah. in this league mm-hmm. and the women were wearing these really long baggy shorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, khaki pants, I call them. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Makes no sense. Basketball is the longest fucking shorts. Yeah. <laughs> what, is there going to be water on the court? Do you yeah. need to cover your legs? It's <laughs> great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe that's well, like a... But it's... It is a performative but, thing. Yeah, and it's basketball's like... basketball's different. Yeah. You're like, the role models in basketball are different than in soccer, in America. Yeah. yeah. Or did you watch her play here? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we do have the female. Yeah, it was very low stakes basketball. It yeah. Wasn't. It was like at John Jay College. They were the green team. Mm-hmm. Well, the only time, the only time, <laughs> it took me a second, but I got it. Um, the only time it changed here was when, so I used to play in this league where we'd get gambled on. Okay. And my coach will call Like him, chickens? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. sports betting is like. Well, it wasn't like. Is it legal or is it just kind of like, eh? It was essentially like a lot of questionable figures. Uh-huh. Like our coach, you guys know the singer Juanes? No. no. Oh my God. Okay. Great Colombian singer. Okay. All the Latinos out there that are listening right now. <laughs> um, he's super popular in Colombia. He's Colombian. 
I used to call my coach that, right? That's not his actual name. But it just as it was funny to me because he'd come in, his nails would be done, he'd have like a full-blown Jordan sweatsuit, and he would just like come in, I'd get paid in cash in hand, right, after the game, sometimes before the game, and he would just like give me a little dab or like leave it on the seat that I was sitting on, like super weird, Mm -hmm. Um, like definitely weird. Like apparently one time the police came into a tournament, I wasn't there, but everyone left. I mean, it was like every country in Central and South America was repped, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was just like, it was both illegal, but at the same time, really, like, calm. Like, it was like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, families would be there. So it was just everyone and their families would be there. It was kind of like the Saturday thing to mm-hmm. go. Like, mm-hmm. like all these men would just be drinking. Like, the, like, the floors would be super sticky. Like, bachata music would be blaring mm-hmm. as loud as possible. And then you'd have little kids running on the field. And we'd play with a heavy ball. So, like, if you get hit with it, it's, like... It hurts. It's like you could feel the weight of it if you mm-hmm. hold it in your hands. Mm-hmm. So it's really hard to kick with it. Or like for me, because I'm used to a different kind of ball. Ayo. Um, <laughs> sorry. I try to get my balls jokes in when I can. <laughs> I've never held them. Testicles, I mean. I haven't either. I can't. I don't know. Same here. I don't think anyone oh in my this God, room. Really? Yeah. yeah. No, you're, this is the gold star. Oh, I'm not a gold star, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. We well, I appreciate that you didn't cradle well, a man's balls yeah. and no, give him that I satisfaction. Very, when you did that. I was very good at hand jobs um, to, com- to full completion. Isn't like that what say. all men want? Just, yeah. just hand jobs. I mean, if they're good, they're good. Okay, I don't want to brag, but these hands, okay. The Smithsonian ones. Those are soccer hands. Yeah. <laughs> Never use them for sports. So not a callus on them. What was the point of the story? Uh, so it was like a very... We're talking yeah, about families. Yeah. And then we got to hand jobs real fast. We're just <laughs> unsettlingly fast. It's just allegedly fast. Um, no, so like you have these kids running around. Like it, the whole thing was just super bizarre. Anyway, mm-hmm. so in this context though, all of the women were super butchy and there would be the random femmes and it was like... All the butches dated femmes, and it was, like, very territorial, Mm -hmm. and, like, you couldn't date someone. Like, it was both catty and, at the same time, hyper-masculine. So there's all these layers of just people. Like, everyone had sleeves, you know what I mean? Like, no one respected me because they didn't know who the fuck I was. Like, I was, like, the well-spoken random bitch that they all thought I was white (laughs) when I showed up. And then I was speaking Spanish to the coach, and they're like, what? (laughs) And it's, like... It was Spanglish Central. Like, I couldn't keep up. They'd be like, oh, you know, the thing where... And then he was like, it was just... Yeah. It was just like not my world. So I looked at it like an academic, obviously, as one does. (laughs) (laughs) And I just thought it was fascinating how these women... Like, I mean, even just seeing how they acknowledge each other, the way they walked, just like how they took care of the women they dated. It was all very conservative and old school, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it was these cis female bodies. You know what I mean? So it was like super bizarre. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. I don't know if I've really even said anything, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think it's it's interesting how athletics tends to bring out that, like, that particular type of masculinity or, like, Mm. that that expression of it, I guess. Um, But, yeah, I, I do find, like the whole masculine and feminine dynamic in at least in my relationship is one that people kind of look at us, people look at us and have an easier time like 
digesting it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they the way that the way they look at us and the way they look at like if we we have uh, friends friends we go out with every once in a while they're a couple but they're both like very feminine, mm-hmm. um, you know and. People kind of look at them like, oh, like they get the comment a lot of like, oh, are you sisters? Mm-hmm. But with us, they look at us and immediately it like Registers. they're able to reconcile it instantly in their heads, which sure. I don't know if that makes them more comfortable, but it's it kind of makes it a little bit easier for us to mm-hmm. pass immediately as a couple to people, right. which is kind of unfair because women who aren't, you know, we're, we're like because they just think that there's that that dynamic like well one of you has to be the guy that kind right, of thing right, but yeah. I don't want to like feed into that and I don't want to justify that that mindset but that is kind of what we look like you know mm-hmm. yeah one, one of the perks of being married to a Peruvian woman is that nobody asks if we're sisters yeah yeah <laughs> whereas with my my ex is that one of the perks yeah <laughs> yeah that's one of the perks for me is not being weirded out every time someone's like is that your sister yeah i can't <laughs> imagine uh, and that we actually get recognized uh, as I can't being imagine a Worst thing to say to, to a lesbian couple. A couple. Oh, yeah, it happens to my friends all the sisters? time. Yeah, yeah. they're yeah. like, "Are you cousins?" One time at a New Year's, my two friends, uh, they were like, "Are you guys cousins?" And they were like, "Yes." And then it was midnight, and they started making out, <laughs> and everyone was like, "What the fuck?" Is I know. Going that's what I told yeah. my friend. I was like, "You should just say yes that you're sisters, mm-hmm. and then let let them see you make out later, because <laughs> that's just going to ruin their whole day." Yeah. Or <laughs> best day ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, so so my wife had a picture of us on her phone, and she was at this shoot for work, and one of the executives, the client, goes, oh, is that your daughter? What? Oh, my God. I've never been closer to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, oh she, she, my couldn't, God. she couldn't understand why there'd be a picture on Cecilia's phone of her being that close AKA with Pithia. with another woman. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, is your partner Femi Butchie study? Femme, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So the, the two of us together was just like me, super pale with pink hair. And then, I mean, she she looks more <laughs> Euro- European yeah. um, on the like Peruvian scale. Yeah. Um, she, she's more European looking than Incan, but... Um, Dude, the yeah, I don't know. People but ask, but, but like, she, she's also only like four years older than me and also looks really good for her age. Yeah. So for someone to be like, is that yeah. your daughter? I just I got to see oh this photo. God. I have got to. It's oh like the other night I was awake and my girlfriend's like, why are you awake? And I'm like, I'm thinking about she's got to have it. Like these things will keep me up <laughs> at night. Like today we were walking and I was just like uh, speaking just of performative masculinity and oh she's got to have it. <laughs> Fucking Christ! I've never don't. I'm unfamiliar. Watch the mo- watch the films. Don't watch the series. Okay. Yeah. There's a I'm movie not, and a series. Are they related? I don't, I don't want to talk or is about it. A Fargo it? situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Spike Lee. Oh God, we oh. we have like 17 tabs open, but yeah. Spike Lee. <laughs> Did a film called She's Gotta Have It in the 80s, 90s, I want to say. And it's in black and white for its time. It's about this polyamorous woman who's in three different relationships and or four. I don't know if in the film she has a, a lesbian relationship or a queer relationship, but essentially for its time, it's like really progressive, Mm -hmm. like dissects a lot of interesting subjects that just aren't being discussed at the time. And now he redid it as a Netflix web series. So it's 10 episodes and it feels so backwards and not of the current climate that you're like, what is this? And also all the characters are like 
on stilts, right? So every character is like a character, if that makes sense. Like the pretty boy in the old one is like, he's just like a standard pretty boy. You kind of get it. It feels like layered or whatever. This guy's like just the pretty boy. That's all he is. So you're like, okay, I get it. But it's like almost grotesque how much he's playing this character where it doesn't feel real. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also in this one, the lead is beautiful and stunning and really unlikable as a person. And in the other one, she's not, I think, as like stunningly beautiful, but you find her really beautiful, if that makes sense. Like she's yeah. really likable. Mm-hmm. She seems more normal, right? It's like, I don't know. It's it's breaking down layers that I think are not happening in this one. So it's it kept me up at night because mm-hmm. also to have Spike Lee, who's an iconoclast, making stuff that's like not as groundbreaking anymore. I think as a POC, you're just like... Oh yeah. God, you know, if he's not doing it, I'm not yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I don't know. I, mm. I only watched one episode of it and you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah. It it was a little bit too heteronormative. Well, did me. you get to the fourth episode? No, no. That's I, the I lesbian like, episode, and that's what kept me in. Because well, usually I'm that would keep me. They just sprinkle yeah. in a lesbian <laughs> yeah. episode in every series. I they mean, would get so many more. So many of us would be on board. <laughs> I would watch Friends if there was like an actual lesbian episode, not Ross's ex-wife or whatever that stupid yeah. storyline was. I'll watch an, was. a Nick Jr. cartoon if the mom might be <laughs> yeah. gay. Like that's that's my mo usually. But 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 this it it was too too much of this like these expectations on this woman mm-hmm. and like the yeah. men. Trying to be cool with the fact that she's polyamorous, but really struggling with it. Is that what mm-hmm. it's about? I don't yeah, know. It was hard no, to tell just, with all the banging. It's just, <laughs> it just like a lot of sex. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. sex again. Oh, more sex. It's yeah. kind of like, so it, like it, trying was, to- it was like, I don't know. I don't know what this one was trying to explain. It just... I think it's been reviewed as a failure, and unfortunately now it's coming back. In a, I don't, they're remaking it, I think, as a film. It's kind of like Hey, White People. Have you guys seen that? No. It was like, Dear White People. Yeah, yeah Dear yeah, White People, yeah. whatever it is. Um, uh, it was like for, yeah, Dear White People, when it first came out, you're like, okay, cool. Like, I haven't really heard this stuff. You know, like, it's like, all right, I'm kind of with it. Okay, whatever. It was great. Then they remade it as a Netflix series, and you're like, Okay, now this feels slightly outdated, mm-hmm. and also like it's very long now. Now it's like ten times longer than the movie, and now they're remaking it into something else. And you're just like, "But why?" Like, right? You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, the uh, lesbian episode, though. Oh my god, Opal, that good stuff. Oh man, I don't know <laughs> if it's because I'm biased, but lesbian sex is just better. Like, <laughs> no, I might be biased here, yeah. but the only kind of sex I have is the <laughs> one that. <laughs> It's the only one it that really is them. better, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, no UTIs. Yeah, no UTIs. No surprise babies. Well, the other drop. Don't tell. Less. Don't tell Papa Rusi because <laughs> yeah. he's still not sure. Um, <laughs> oh God, no! Oh, I haven't had sex with a man in a long time, but oh, you guys, it's just great. I've, great. I've read the reviews and <laughs> sex with yeah. men. Three stars uh, on you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're hanging on to that third star, but I'm yeah. telling you. They're going to lose it soon. No, my friend just started having (laughs) sex with a man again, and she was just like, it's crazy how much more I have to communicate, like, or I feel like there isn't initial communication, because you're like, what do you like? What do you want? Like, my girlfriend, she had never really had sex with a woman. She'd had, like, like threesomes where they didn't talk, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? That sort of situation. That's what I like to call it. Threesomes where you don't talk. (laughs) (laughs) And so I like when we first started hugging up, I was like, oh, is it okay if I take off your top or whatever? Can I take off your pants? Mm -hmm. And she was like, 
oh my God, this is so nice. I was like, the bar is so low. It's right. insane. Yeah, the bar <laughs> yeah. is incredibly low. Yeah. I wish I remember who tweeted this, but I saw a tweet the other day that was mm. like, lesbian sex is just two women asking, is this okay for three hours? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, have you seen the timeline about lesbian sex? It's like, have sex, uh, talk about your feelings, go get a Gatorade, have some more sex. And it's like eight <laughs> hours long. <laughs> oh, Not so untrue. True. Not untrue, yeah. Have you guys talked about this on every episode? I yeah. feel like, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, we like to bring up subjects that bring men down a peg just yeah. every yeah. time, just to reiterate. Like, we just yeah. want to sprinkle it in every yeah. single time. We haven't had our, our sex episode yet. No. But, um, yeah. I mean, every episode <laughs> could be in a way. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's just so much to dive into about that that it's, like, impossible to talk about in one episode. But I don't yeah. know. We can try. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think the remarkable thing about it was like I was coming out when I was 19. Mm-hmm. So I'd had sex with a man and then was like had men that were interested in me. And I was like, well, I don't know. And then had like sex a sprinkle of times. And I was just like, I don't really know how to talk to them about I don't like their penis inside of me. Yeah. Right? Like it's a very hard <laughs> subject. And then dating women. Also, I was perceived as this like Lothario, like very gregarious. I was like, like women were like, oh, like we should go out. I'm like, oh, whatever. But when it came to sex, I had no fucking idea because I really wasn't having sex. So having sex with women over the years and seeing how that, because like coming out is like second puberty, right? right. Like that's what I tell, tell everyone. I'm like, it's just worse than the first because you're older. Yeah. And then you're trying to figure things out and you're clumsy. And you have to explain it out loud to people right. what's right. happening. <laughs> yeah. And then you're a comedian and you have to do it even more out loud. Yeah. And you're like, oh, God. I should have been an accountant. Um, <laughs> Which I really, we should have, because right. TurboTax is not doing that for me. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I don't know. Just sex is awkward, but with women, it was so much, it just was easier. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I was just older, but when did you guys come out? Uh, I was 17. Yeah, I yeah. was 22. Oh, okay, yeah. 21, 22. Yeah, so we were in the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, but I, but I do remember it just being... Just feeling like okay, like the puzzle pieces are fitting together. Like this, this is what, like the feeling of being turned on was a new feeling for me at that mm-hmm. at that time. Right, because I had never felt any sort of like anything electrical current around uh-huh. men in any way. Yeah. Like I had had a few like makeouts with guys, and that's yeah. as far as it ever got. Mm. I did see a penis one time, <laughs> and I thought to myself, "That's not for me." <laughs> I literally, I think I said what was nope the context? out loud. I, I was just in college making out with this uh, guy. And, I, and it was like, because I was, you know, I was still like desperately trying to fit in with my friends who were all like oh, hooking yeah, up with yeah, dudes yeah. in college. So I was making out with this boy. And, and then I saw, then like, you know, he, he, like his dick became outside of his pants somehow. I don't know. I didn't do it. But <laughs> he, I looked down and I, I, I said, I was very drunk at the time, but I remember saying, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my one word review of, his him and his penis, yeah. and I and I remember like not thinking consciously about it, but like uh, I I think that was the moment that I was like, okay, I just I can't. This is just not for me. Right, like yeah, it's yeah. just not gonna happen. Right. That's you made the right choice. Yeah. yeah. It was, and I and I feel, I wonder wh- how he would feel about that if he knew that he was mm. like the the one that right. was. I was like, no, this is not. I feel like pride is the only like he'd be like, I yeah. did that. You know, yeah, like yeah, how do you? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I was just going to say, going back to you talking about Uber drivers talking to you, Yeah, I feel like I live in a weird 
world. And I haven't been able to, the, the only reason why this started coming out in my head was because I'm up for this show that I don't know if I can say whatever the name, but it's about gender nonconforming people. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, do you identify as gender nonconforming? And I was like, yeah, like uh, like she, like I'll throw a they, I don't really care. And they're like, no, but do you or do not? And I think as a comedian, I've always been like, well, it doesn't really matter. And they're like, no, you need to like make a statement. Like kind because of, it's like for the show. Yeah. Right? yeah. And then I, as I keep going, I basically just kept making them laugh that they were like, okay, like, like my go-to joke is that I have resting colonial man face because like <laughs> when I had short hair, I always got confused for a man. Yeah. And then when I grew my hair long, I still get confused for a man. So it's not... I would love to see the Google Arts and Culture app. I haven't done it. I refuse to do it. It's It's just like portraits of presidents. Yeah. Yeah. Like me and Thomas Jefferson go way back for all the wrong reasons. No, but it was was like this... I just was in my bathroom and I put my hair up in a ponytail and I was like, it's just my face, Mm -hmm. right? So like Uber drivers, I constantly get asked if I'm a man or a woman because I live in this weird like third world where it's like I just have, I have like a Justin Bieber face, which is like a feminine but masculine face, right? Like, or whatever. Like if I throw on makeup, like this girl can go out and play. Yeah, yeah. But as as I was going through the rounds, I was like, oh, I really kind of live in a limbo. I guess I've always Mm -hmm. identified as this limbo. And Uber driver is like, all the time, like, think they're just like fat, like, they're like, What are I love you? How Uber drivers are like our litmus test for like <laughs> how where we live, what, yeah, like what world what I gender live in, like, a. Uh, on what spectrum of the Uber driver, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, interact interaction scale mm. am I on, right? Yeah, I'm very Aggressive? far towards, yeah, yeah, yeah like, towards not interested, just, they are not interested at all, mm-hmm. which is the best. I just, I feel so every single time I get in an Uber, I'm very much aware of how. Mm-hmm how little interaction these guys want with me, which is amazing. No. But it's not no. the case for so many people. And it's yeah. just like, yeah, it is. It's like, a, it's just a matter of like, and, ma- and, I, and I wonder if part of the performative aspect of masculinity in women is if it is a survival mechanism or mm-hmm. if it has become that over the years and just like, it's how we're conditioned that like this way of interacting with the world mm-hmm. will not, it won't get, it's not that it'll get you places, it'll just, get you a little safer, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, it's just been, I I mean, as a kid, I just always wore suits. Like when Mm -hmm. I went to chess club, yeah, I'll leave that on the table. I I love that. Oh my God. I could have been fucking Bobby Fisher. I talked about this with my dad last night. He's like, you just weren't interested. I like got moved up to the 12 year old when I was six. Yeah. And I was like, prodigy. No, I was. Now I try to play chess with my girlfriend. She just learned she beat me. Like now it like all went to jello, you know? Yeah. But like back then I like did something where they're like, do this move and can you do checkmate in five moves? And I raised my hand. I was like, yeah. And I did it. And they were like, hold on. And they got the principal of the club and they're like, do it again. And I was like, you just do this, this and this. And they were like, whoa. So they moved me up to the 12 year olds plus whatever guys. I didn't, last more than a year because my dad said I wasn't interested. <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> and then here I am now. Um, but I used to take his shirts and his ties and I'd wear them as a kid. Like mm-hmm. I say now I dress the way I dress like a, an eight-year-old. Like it took me, like I dressed Femi from like 14 to like 22. Yeah. Like I held on to dresses that I didn't wear for four years because I was like, maybe. Yeah. It was really a weird like skeleton maybe in I'll my use closet. Again. Yeah. Or like holding on to that femininity. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like weird. Very. I mean, it's just about I think affirming that there's so many 
layers to the spectrum of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like women walking and wearing like baggier clothes at night because they're scared of getting assaulted mm-hmm. versus like this is just how I, I like wearing a three-piece suit. I don't know how this happened, right? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's all very confusing. And I guess it would be interesting for me to discuss with the women that play soccer is like, how do you identify? Because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I guess I'm like a they. I don't really, yeah. I don't really uh, adhere to either, right? And they would probably be like, no, I identify as a woman. What do you mean? Yeah. Right? But it's like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. But like... So, so one thing you get a lot when you come out to people or um, you talk to people who don't have a lot of queer people in their life, i.e. your parents. (laughs) Literally everyone in your immediate family and social circle, for the most part, when you start coming out. I remember when when I would come out, I'd get a lot of questions because I always stayed more, more feminine. They'd be like, you know, one question I have is if... If lesbians are into girls, why do they l- try to look like boys? Mm-hmm. And just so many people are fascinated well, by yeah. that. Do, do you have an answer to that? Because I, 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 don't, I honestly still I think don't it's have two an things. I, it. I think it's two things. I think one is performing masculinity because, mm-hmm. because you want to be with women and you see what women are attracted to. Mm-hmm. No, but and, it's not men. We dress like 14-year-old boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. That's what it, like, my friend asked me this and yeah. I was like, yeah. Ugh. My aesthetic is well, 2015 Justin Bieber. Like, yeah. that's yeah. what, like, if he were a community college professor. <laughs> Maybe because men just get like frumpy and gross <laughs> as they get older. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Men, men are in their prime when they're 14 before they start like yeah. raping. Yeah. yeah. So we're like, let's, 14 is really the last frontier for yeah. non-raping for, yeah. most, for most men. That's when men peak at 14. Yeah. Uh, so, well, so, I so do wonder if it's that. like there's more femininity as in men as they're younger or like clothing yeah. adheres to more like unisex. Like I shop a lot in, I'll admit it, H&M's boys section. Um, the H&M actually, men's like, section is where most of my wardrobe comes from. No, but the boys section is cheaper. Oh, the boys, boys. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cheaper. I'm, just, I'm simply too big to fit in the well, clothes. But if I could, socks, you bet I would. Socks, kid, get yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that—that's the only argument I can come up. with. My friend was like, "But why the boys?" I was like, "I don't know. I guess maybe this." Yeah, I guess I, I never thought about the fourteen-year-old boy, but I always thought it, it was the <laughs> the more masculine. No, that le- for sure. Yeah, meaning, yeah. yeah, that part yeah. of that's performative, and mm-hmm. then part of it is just signaling. Because there yeah. have been points in my life where I'm like, "Should I cut my hair so that people mm-hmm. know? Like, what else can I do to put right. it out there like when, the femi, when I'm single?" Yeah. Like the attorney, that, the attorney, eternal femme question. How yeah. do I can yeah. people understand? Yeah. yeah. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. 
Are you thinking about getting into Dungeons & Dragons? Maybe you're looking to expand your horizons as a DM or a player. If that's the case, then it's time for you to check out The Dungeon Cast, the best D&D podcast out there that helps you passively learn all about the game just by listening. Find The Dungeon Cast anywhere you get podcasts or on YouTube. I don't know. So I just carry a rainbow flag on me at all times. Right. Yeah. Just wave it around. <laughs> so walk. It is. I think it's a, as far as signaling, I think it is kind of a mixture of like, this is the, this is like what I've sort of become over the years as a way to feel more confident in interacting with women and attracting women. And also mm-hmm. as a way to repel men, because like everything that I do is a conscious or unconscious decision that I make only to repel men. That's mm-hmm. like what my whole life is. Do you get hit on by is. men? Never. See, I would never. Get, well, I would, not anymore. But very. Mm. But I mean, this like wh- what I look like now, and like my my presence now has changed. V- has changed even since I moved to New York, like mm-hmm. which is like about four and a half years ago. But like when I moved here, I was still like putting on mascara when I left the house mm-hmm. because. But now I like I've just kind of given up all of those things that I was clinging I on you're to. Say I've given up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, so, yeah. but like now, but now if I had to wear like makeup, it mm-hmm. would it would feel like a costume. Right, like right it would right. feel like like am I? I would only do it if I was going to be on camera sure. or something. There's no way I could do that in my daily life. But I I found, but just you know, making those small changes has helped me in that it makes it easier for me to just signal to the world that I am mm-hmm. who I am and I'm gay and I'm you know whatever. But and it's it's also completely turned men off of like me as a per even having like D boobs uh, yeah. they still don't they no longer want anything to do with me now and wow. that's just the way to be for me like no that's I just love it I I would get hit on still with my shaved head yeah. and I was super butchy yeah every once in a while because there's random. always that guy that like you know men in their European <laughs> they have a lot of confidence but like <laughs> Yeah, like yeah, like European guys, or um, or they think like you're like the closest thing to a man that they yeah. can get to while still identifying as a woman. Yeah, so they're like I think okay, a lot of it. There. I think the ones that have the the few that have like kind of hit on me in the last five years have. Right, we're not here to brag. They always brag. think that they're like the one that's gonna like uh, change you. Yeah, yeah, that's oh, like that's are fun. you sure? It's kind of one of those things like. And they always like try to preface it with like, listen, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think you're a lesbian, but yeah. like as if it's something that's just going to change because they're so special. Yeah, that's kind of what I've what I've encountered. Mm-hmm. Well, then that leads us into performative masculinity for men. Oh yeah, and mm. I know you have thoughts on that, Sarah. I do. I think that it is performative observing men. Like the way that I interact with men mostly is that I that I just take their money. Like at work, that's like what that's another hashtag. One of the other pillars of this podcast is that we've discovered that the only use for straight men is is to take their money. And Sarah's launching the mind two movement. Yeah. Hashtag Uh, mind two, where their money is mine too, and I just snatch it from them. Got it. Got it. Got it. Um. So (laughs) they they're like, I take their money, and then I also just observe them for the just the 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 entertaining creatures in some way that they are, but Uh to watch. There's something very uniquely painful about watching men try at masculinity. Uh-huh. And because you, you can see it, it's so clear that what they're doing is this like this ritual of this kind of peacocking that is so that it like in nature, it's just a survive. It's just a reproductive, like survival evolution kind of thing. But in humans, it's like it's 
they're I think that they're not they're not even performing for women. It's not it's not a mating ritual like it is in when you watch Blue Planet. It's like they're doing it for other men. But oh, yeah. why? Like it's but why why do they feel like they have to be this certain way? I don't know. It's interesting to watch them they don't compete get with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like well, it's interesting to about- watch them like the, them, you know, like they'll see one guy do a thing and then like, well, I'm gonna do that that guy thing. And the right. other guy's like, I'm doing that guy thing. Like, I'm gonna go to the gym too. Like they they just the way they're competing with each other is so obvious and so sad, and right. it's and it uh, and it hurts everyone. But then it kind of goes back to us being like, we felt like we needed to date boys in high school. Yeah, it's the same thing. Exactly. It's just like more subtle. I feel like with um, cis men, it just ends up being this like bravado. Or it has to be very out there. Uh-huh. Whereas like I think with cis women, it just comes across as like there's weird subtleties to it, and it can be more emotionally layered or allowed to be more emotionally layered. But like. It's very, I mean, I think it's really similar. Just seeing people perform femininity or, but yeah, like, or I get a lot, like I stopped doing improv because basically the way I describe improv to people is just people subconscious, either working with each other or fighting against each other. Mm -hmm. And I would get labeled as, do you guys do improv at all? Yeah. No. Yeah. I get labeled. Yeah. Don't. Don't do it. Worst thing. No No. one's ever been like, oh, you should. When I say I don't do improv. Why? You totally should. No, but I, but everyone's like, oh, it sucks. Like people who do it a lot are like, oh, I hate it, but they still do it. I don't no, know. No, I mean, I, the, when I, like the best improv I do is the most rewarding thing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it was my first love. It's how I got into comedy. I was yeah. 19. I did the free magnet class and I was like, this is exactly where I need to be. And then when I got good enough and I was doing it for years and years, when I turned like 23 years and years, when I turned 23, um, I was like, oh, people like, they, it was weird seeing how much people were confronting me in scenes or like, especially when you do it with improvisers that aren't as strong. Mm-hmm. And like, cause basically when you get up higher and higher, once you don't make a team, it's really hard to play with people that are high level unless like, you know, you're doing a, a side team with them or like you're doing a class that's exclusively, you know, certain level and higher. So it's like I was doing improv with people that were level two, level three. And I was just like, whoa, this is just mm-hmm. scary. Um, mm-hmm. And it got to a point where like, and because people, you know, they'll make you a character, right? And they'll be like, well, I assumed they were a man. That's another thing too. All of my characters in improv, I kind of always assume I'm a man. People assume I'm a man. And that was another thing where I was like, oh, maybe I really live, like I don't fully identify as a woman if mm-hmm. all these characters are men. And mm-hmm. my therapist was like, you should think about it. I was like, I will. <laughs> give me 10 years. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, God, therapy. Don't even get me started. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, when I did improv, I would mm-hmm. find that I'm always in a heteronormative couple, but a mm-hmm. lot of times it's on me. It's my choosing because mm-hmm. as the one lesbian in the room, I didn't want to step out and make everybody my lesbian partner yeah. because I'm like, oh, yeah. everyone's going to think like, oh, here's the lesbian just trying to make everyone a lesbian again. Yeah. Because we're conditioned. Yeah. Showing that gay agenda. Like I'm always so scared that people think I'm trying to. <laughs> yeah. I say that and then I have a podcast called Ducking Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm afraid people are going to think I'm forcing my gayness on them. Yeah, it kind of goes Subscribe. back to like how we <laughs> talked about how when we, when we were like in high school, we would always change in the restroom because yeah. I didn't want to change in front of other girls because I didn't want to be in a room with mm. girls who were, you know, either not, you know, like in their underwear because I didn't want them I didn't want anyone thinking that I was like looking at them. You oh, know? Yeah. And I, and I didn't even yeah. realize I was gay at that time, but it was just like this feeling, this, this like alarm that went off in me. That's like, don't yeah. be around girls when they are 
in various states of being clothed because then mm. they'll think that you are looking at them. Like yeah. it, you just you, you we do everything to not be perceived as sexualizing other women mm-hmm. and yeah. or like because you know the worst thing ever when you're a, at a high school kid unsure of your sexuality is like oh the girls think that you the girls think you're a lesbian or they want they, mm. that you're trying to make out with them or yeah. something you know yeah. little kids are but like yeah that that kind of goes back to that too and per, for me performing at femininity was way fucking harder mm-hmm. and way, it felt more unnatural than any sort of like masculine image or any any kind of like masculinity that I've cultivated over the years but but I guess I never felt as much pressure or I don't mm-hmm. think women feel as much pressure to f- to perform femininity as men do masculinity by far because i i I think we're allowed as girls to be tomboys and it's fine Mm -hmm. oh sure and you know we're allowed to go to work wearing pants and blazers now it used to not not be like that but but, but things have changed enough now that well you can see the gap in terms of what women can do versus what men can do yeah um yeah yeah that's really sad so so when you would step out as a as a male character and and improv scenes, mm-hmm. how did other men? Oh, I mean, there was just a that? lot. I mean, just even in the room, just like not even on stage. It's like you're. De- I'm a, a total like alpha, like a big personality, especially mm-hmm. when I was younger. And I was just like, yeah, I'm really funny and like a ba ba ba. And versus these men that were like either not very funny to very funny, we just butt heads in terms of they would try to physically control me. Like some of the mm-hmm. scenes would be like. Like I just did a scene where someone was massaging me and like like kissing my fingers and I was like, ah, you know, like there's one there's a difference between kissing the palm of someone's hands versus kissing someone's fingers. And like we don't know each other well enough that I think as the performer you can make that distinction and mm-hmm. feel like it's not gonna give the scene away. It's also like men have like weird crushes on you. It's mm-hmm, like a weird, yeah. it's a weird thing where I got to the point where it wasn't even necessarily their fault. I was making choices that weren't the best moves, but I was so in my head as to whatever the fuck was going on with everyone else that I couldn't even, I couldn't even focus. So like, I I just had to stop doing it. That makes I, me think it's a good a good improv tip for any female improvisers. Mm-hmm. Walk out as a man, and then you won't be forced into so many BJ scenes. Yeah, <laughs> or try it. Say I'm a man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even or it just it it was more like. If I walked out as a woman or a man, it didn't matter because yeah. I think my personality, like I think in that world, because especially when I was doing it, it was so predominantly like hetero, just in every sense of the word that mm-hmm. I don't think like people could see, like they couldn't see it as anything else, you know, like, I don't know. It was just hard. It was just hard. So I stopped doing it. But now I still do it if you ask. <laughs> I play a character with my friend, Amanda Rothman. We play sisters that are ex-softball coaches who do improv for the first time ever, <laughs> but we never do improv until the sometimes at the very end, and it's bad improv. So the whole time we just get distracted and we end up doing bits with the crowd, or all, like well, it's like kind of weird stand-up mixed with like physical bits. Um, so that's the only improv I'll do now. <laughs> yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. would see that. Just another hoagie. Keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> Because she was like, we should just call ourselves Rothman and Rusi. And I was like, what are we, just another hoagie or something? <laughs> That's how the name happened. I like it. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Ja. Um, yeah, masculinity is weird. But I oh. like the Uber driver test. Yeah. <laughs> I like the way we, we, we've developed that in this room today. Yeah. yeah. Brainchild. Yeah. yeah. Ever, I don't know. I 
I can't figure out what anybody thinks of me anymore ever since I dyed my hair pink because now that just yeah. steals the... That really steals their, their attention, at least temporarily. Yeah, that's all mm-hmm. anybody which will talk nice. to me about, yeah. which I actually prefer. Um, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can answer questions. Yes, it, I dye my hair pink. Oh, about a year and a half. <laughs> oh, yeah, you can End go of conversation. <laughs> No, I go to a stylist. No, I'm not going to dye it any other colors. Just pink. Yep. All right. Cool. Upkeep is not as hard as as you'd expect. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get a lot of eternal sunshine, a spotless mind stuff? No, zero. What? No, I did have an Uber driver, though, who who said I look like... April from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm like, her hair really? wasn't pink. I was, yeah, I was just thinking, like, wait, was her hair pink? No, I had a crush Why on her. They... I would know if her hair was Yeah, pink. yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, a woman in a jumpsuit? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, who Talk is about, your... like, what, the, what the you said earlier about how there's so little content for specific people that once we do get some content, we're like, this is great. Like, that's what any lesbian show has like left like mm-hmm. what the L word banked on was like, this is really yeah. poorly written, but it's the only thing we have. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to run for five or six seasons. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. It was so good. That's oh, the strategy that. with this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mediocre content. That's really what we're counting on. Taking over the lesbian. <laughs> and then just one charming photo of each guest. <laughs> Who is your L word crush? Oh, aside well, from Carmen. At that t- Dana was mine. Oh yeah. That's a good one. Mine was yeah. bad. I liked suits. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I thought tell. it was all. I watched it at a time in my life where I only watched the first three seasons, but I watched. What? Yeah, because oh, Dana, Dana died. died. Um, oh, spoiler. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> yeah, if anyone's on the fence about starting that show at this point, <laughs> we just ruined it. Mm-hmm. Is it possible to spoil a 12 year old show? Um, yeah, is it only 12 years old? Oh, it's got to be more than that, right? 18. When, minus... did, the, when did the last. No, it's like thir- 2005, 2006. Oh, okay. 13. Yeah. Um,. But when I was watching it, it was I was at this like delicate phase of my life where like every like I was really clinging on to every possible bit of imagery of like women together because I was like, oh, this is this is what is like sexy or turning me on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just was obsessed with everyone in that show, basically. Like, yeah, mine no, was bad, um, Tina, everyone from season one. I, I can't even remember her name, uh, who owned the planet. Oh, Lorena? And then she, no. she left. Marina. No. Mar- yeah, Marina. Yeah, yeah. Marina. Marina. Yeah. Marina. Oh, my God, yeah. Marina uh. and then and then Bet once Marina yeah. left. But yeah. Marina, it was purely physical. It had nothing. <laughs> yeah, her, yeah. her personality <laughs> was just... <laughs> she... Weird. Who wrote her character? Like, it was weird. She didn't even... Did they tell her, don't make a single facial expression? <laughs> Yeah, don't like, move your eyebrows in any way that suggests yeah. emotion or like here's a sentence we want you to cut it down to three words yeah you choose i know she has more range than that as an actor yeah but well i think she was just meant to be like stunning and like just like the hot you know. cafe owner i don't I mean, know like, i'd have to re i watched it so vulnerable that nothing was wrong in it for me yeah like, i talked about it with a friend and she was like no i can't watch that show because it's all white lesbians and i'm like Oh, I didn't even realize. Right, like but, we didn't realize how how bad it was in so many ways. Mm-hmm. But well, I mean, it's also it goes back to the idea of like I learned everything from white people. So mm-hmm. it's like like dating a white woman now is interesting. Be curious to talk to your partner about it because you're like, oh, I learned to love myself through white people, and then when you get to the place where you're like, oh, I don't need white people's approval, and then now I'm dating a white woman, it's like. Yeah, <laughs> you just Who get to, yeah. 
oh, listen, if you come to my stand-up set, it's like 12 minutes on my girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> it's a layered, layered piece. Yeah. Um, no, it's a great, great show. Yeah. So the, the way we end our episodes, mm-hmm. it's time for our random question of the week. And we brought up uh, oh. Aziz Ansari before. Mm. Uh, people are oh, still talking about him. No. I don't. We don't have to talk about him okay, anymore. So please don't let your random question be. So, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. No, I have thoughts. <laughs> what do you think? Oh, that'd be the worst random so question. What do you think about no. the Aziz and Sorry thing? No, uh, we have fourteen seconds. <laughs> uh, the question is: w- What's the worst date you've ever been on? Oh, oh, because, oh, I because got one. W- yeah. When that happened, so many women were like, "I've had this experience," and I was like, "I've never come close to this experience because." Yeah. Thank God I'm a lesbian. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, going into it slightly, some women being like, I've had dates like this. It is an assault. And you have to just be like, it is assault. Yeah. Yeah. Like having that conversation with them is just... Breaking really into them, yeah. Yeah, well, my worst date was like was like a funny worst date. I got, it's a story, it's a bit I do, but it's this woman, um, I forgot her name. Okay, we'll call her... Julia, okay. She was Latina, Argentinian. I used to go to college with her. I had two conversations with her. Don't really remember her. Just always like was that woman that every time I saw her in school, I was like, man, you're a pretty lady, you mm-hmm. know? Right, but I don't remember you. Oh, man, was I fun to date until <laughs> now. Um, and so one day I get an email from Julia, and I was like, who is this? And she sends me this whole thing like a six paragraphs that just layers and layers she's like I haven't seen you in years but all I, I can't stop thinking about you right and Whoa. I was like okay get to the end of the email she sends me a photo of herself because she's not dumb and <laughs> she is this beautiful woman and she's like I would be interested in hanging out and I was like ding 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 you got it whatever <laughs> you want and like you know when you meet someone and this was like my ex prior I'd broken up she the, like we'd broke up because she stole money from me. So then we had to go oh. to court. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the bar was like anything but theft. You know what I mean? Anything that won't get me on CSI, I support. <laughs> right. Like I called it an accidental mugging or whatever, like an easy yeah. mugging because I wasn't there. Um, but we go on the state and like within the first 30 seconds, I was like, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. She's really nervous. She wouldn't answer any of my questions. Like the first question was, hey, how are you? I gave her a hug. How are you doing? Nothing. Like 30 seconds. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, my God. How are you doing? And she was just like thinking about it. And she went, you know, I'm good. It was a four-hour date, okay? Oh, my God. And it was a total act. I didn't know how to end dates. I didn't know. And then I had, to, like, I paid for the bill. The bill came, and I just sat there, and I was like, I put down my card. She did not put down hers, and I was like, all right. And I paid for it, and I literally, wow. the, the like, it culminated in me texting my sister saying, call me, right? Yeah. She calls me, and I go, oh, my God, is everything okay? And I was like, I'll be right back. I leave. Right. And I'm just telling my sister, this is a fucking terrible date, yeah. whatever. And she's like, all right, just come over and hang out. I don't know. I think she was high. She was like, yeah, come <laughs> hang out with me. And so I tell the girl, I'm like, hey, my sister's having a really bad panic attack. I didn't know what to do. And she was a neurologist, right? And she goes, oh, okay. Do you want me to come with you? Oh, oh And I was no. like, no. No, that's, the, that's no. not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. Anyway, thankfully, that was my worst date ever. Oh, my God. And that's yeah. not even. That was just I didn't know how to end the date. Yeah, yeah. I probably had worse, but that's the one that comes. To Ending mind. dates is an is an art. Like, and it's it takes time to get good at that. But oh, you have to. I didn't realize you have to be like I have somewhere to be. I have an hour. 
Yeah. Or like that. Yeah. Or like, it's all about the setup. Uh, I, well, speaking of ending dates and a bad one, I went on what I thought was a date in my early like period of coming out and like dating women. Uh-huh. In, in hindsight, this really wasn't it. I like met this girl out and we went to this, we went to a really busy bar and then her friends were there, but like it was so odd. But anyway, it was like a contrived sort of meetup situation, but I was so bored and over it that I told her I'm going to run to the restroom. We'll be right back. And then I just left. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. I never never saw her again. Never talked to her again. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like I was just like, so over it. Well, I like how you're like, people. it's an art. It's an art. Yeah, it's oh, an I can't wait to like, hear what Sarah has yeah. to say. You just leave. You just fucking <laughs> Irish go. Irish accent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just lie, uh, and then you leave, and then you ghost them, but never talk to them. Oh, my At God. At that point in my life, I was like, this is the only way I can get out of this. It was yeah. just so awkward and uncomfortable. And like, we... Because you know how you can tell, like, in the first five seconds, right. we just aren't going to click. Right. Yeah. Like, that's just what it was. Yeah. It was... It was t- it was awkward because it was like you know it was in Omaha and we're like the I don't know the only two lesbian like it mm-hmm. was just one of those things where the pickings were so slim that it was like let's get together and see if we like each other and yeah. we just didn't and it's fine but you know obviously now I'd handle that differently I was like twenty three at the time but yeah yeah it was bad I mean, no judgment from this oh man corner. <laughs> yeah it was it was just it was just weird and uncomfortable and it just wasn't okay and like but I didn't I was not like I I was not good and I was not like you know advanced enough in dating period to know how to just bow out of something mm-hmm. with any sort of like social grace or like right. any kind of like even observing any social norms. Yeah. So. Right. I feel like the question should be what was the worst date you ever gave somebody? Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh man. Oof. I mean, I went through my online dating phase where I was going on dates like once a week for, I don't know, a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm, I had several that I was just like, God, that should not have ever even happened to begin with. Right. And it should not have been three hours long right. when yeah. it did. But I don't have a lot of stories because I'm a serial monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, well, I, I did talk about it one time on the, the podcast, that Cracker Barrel waitress that I met off a chat forum when I was first coming out. And, Tell me uh, everything about it. Who among us has not met a Cracker Barrel waitress? Uh, it turned out she, she had a boyfriend. Forum. I met her on a gay chat forum. Didn't know too much about her. I met her for, for bubble tea, and it was just weird and awkward. But that wasn't the, <laughs> the worst. If I had to say the worst date was when I was dating a boy. In high school, and it was just so I could have a boyfriend. We literally never even held hands. I think we, mm. date, quote unquote, dated for two months. We worked together at a grocery store, and uh, <laughs> we we were supposed to go, like, on an actual date date. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a Saturday, and we were meeting at some chain restaurant in the mm-hmm. suburbs of Buffalo for lunch. Wow, this is shaping up to be... <laughs> A real nail biter, yeah. right? He stood me up. Oh, oh my God. yeah. He, I've had that. but it was because he forgot about the date, and after waiting there like an idiot for twenty minutes, mm. and it, this might have been before cell phones. I don't know. I had to call his home phone, and his mom answered, and I'm like, is Scott there? And she said, Oh, he's mowing the lawn. I'm like. Wow. Dude picked mowing the lawn over right. <laughs> lunch with his quote unquote girlfriend. Oh, girlfriend right. only in name. Yeah. yeah. So then after after that, I was <laughs> just his mom like, said some girl called you called from a PF Chang's wondering where you were. <laughs> oh, we didn't have PF Chang's oh, okay. back then. Okay. Got it. 
<laughs> took a lot of years for Buffalo to reel in a few Changs. Yeah, and I broke up with him after that because I'm like, this has yeah. been the lamest relationship so far. Right. And all I wanted was like lunch at Applebee's or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you mowed the lawn instead. Oh, no. <laughs> that, you know. But even if that date had gone through, I think it would still be the worst date. Your oh, worst it still date would have been yeah. the worst. We right. had. That sounded like it was actually a merciful ending to that. Right. Yeah. Like, situation. I don't. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> this nothing in common. Right. Just nothing in common. Lorena, where can uh, people follow oh you oh. or see you? Oh my god. Well, or you? This is plug yeah. time. Predominantly, my Venmo needs a lot <laughs> of support, which is just my name. And if you want my number, I'll give it to you because I'm single. I'm not, <laughs> but I'm wearing a button down. So. <laughs> Um, you could catch me on Queso. You can catch me on my Instagram, which is just my name, Lorna Rusi. Oh, I mean, you can't, you're not going to see me anywhere. That's for tits. Cause yeah. nothing's out yet. Nothing big. We'll see. I got some legal stuff I can't say, but mm. you know, All right. we'll see what's happening. That's cool. There's probably stuff. I always, I'm terrible with plugs. Oh, I have a show. I have a stand up show at the Cobra club this Tuesday. When does this come out? Uh, Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Tonight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a show tonight at 8.30 or on the 31st. I have a donuts show. Go on my Facebook. Nice. To see all applicable scheduling Great. things. It's awesome. not on there. But just go on my Facebook. I'm <laughs> Was this good? Did this help? This is great. Yeah. I think people yeah. know. Those are, yeah, those are yeah. some good plugs. Oh, my God. Thank you. Uh, butt I, plugs. I do want to put plug... I do want to butt plug a It's hour two. It's hour two. Uh, This week, I'm really excited. Uh, I'm on the SUP show, like What's Up, but shortened. Uh, It's a... For time. Just just for anyone who's not a millennial. messenger greeting. (laughs) It's at Caveat in New York City if you're around on the 25th at 10 Mm. p.m. And Sashir Zameda's headlining and Sydney Washington, who was I guess I'm backing out. Yeah. She's on it. And Lorelai Ramirez, who I think is hysterical. Oh, she does I was going to reach out to her. Ugh, I She's talk wonderful. To her. And we'll talk later. I'm very excited about this show. I'll probably be one of the least funny people on the lineup. No. Uh, that's how good it is. So <laughs> Great. So yeah, if you're in New York, check out that show at Caveat. And you can follow us on social media. The handle is Diking Out on everything, as you know. Sending questions to dikingout at gmail.com. We don't get enough questions and I feel like there should be a lot because we say a lot of questionable things. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jennifer Aniston is going to be blowing up that I'm sick of only getting emails from (laughs) Jennifer Aniston. If we could get anything but Jennifer Aniston reach outs, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So then I can finally be like, Jennifer, I'm getting too many emails. I Mm -hmm. can't Keep Jennifer, answering. Stop. Yeah. yeah. Get a life. Knock it off. <laughs> I mean, she's doing great. Smart water. She's set for life. Avino. Yeah. Sweet, sweet she definitely though? uses. She's like, I'm just like you. I go to CVS for my lotion. <laughs> I believe that. <laughs> Jennifer, you look 26. There's yeah. not a chance. Oh my God. Anyway. It's crazy how one thing will have you set for life and these people have like 40 things. I'm like, where's their money going? Yeah. Yeah. Money, guys, it's just sad. It is. Really, TurboTax is not doing it for me. This podcast is brought to you by TurboTax, yeah. the easy T- way to T- confirm T-squared. you didn't make any money this year. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for diking out with us this week, and we hope you dike out with us next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Bye. <laughs>